Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. Amy, you are not, probably not going to like my topic this week. Why do we start here? But if I've done my calculations correctly, tomorrow should be Halloween. Oh, no. Of course I had to pick a spooky topic. How spooky? Would you like me to find you another co-host? We can pause now. (laughs) No, no. You're in. You're committed. We're going to be talking about Ouija boards. No. Yes. No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess let's start then. All right, so first I have to give a huge shout out to the Smithsonian Magazine for a great article. I love the Smithsonian. I know, I do too. They, They put out some good information. So Ouija boards, also known as spirit boards, talking boards, or witch boards, are flat boards marked with the letters of the alphabet, the numerals zero through nine, the words yes and no, and occasionally also include the words hello and goodbye. Sometimes they might also contain symbols and graphics like the sun and the moon. They use a planchette, which I love that word, which is a small... It's like... It looks like... A little microphone-y thing? I mean, micro... No, it's a small heart-shaped or like a spade on a deck of cards without the stem shaped piece of wood or plastic usually it has a hole in it sometimes there's glass in the hole sometimes the holes just open that you can view the letters numbers or symbols through i thought it was a magnifying glass that's the word i was trying to get out it's not that no it's not it's just a circle it's just yeah a a hole cut on the middle sometimes it's filled with glass but it doesn't i mean maybe some of them magnified but it doesn't need to it's not like the letters are small all right. Are you going to put spooky music over this at the beginning? Oh, my gosh. That's a great idea. I will. All right. So during a seance, the participants place their fingers on the planchette, and it moves around the board, spelling out words to questions that you've asked. Fun fact, the name Ouija is a trademark of Hasbro, which was inherited from Parker Brothers, but it <laughs> has become a generic term for any talking board. So think Kleenex tissue situation. Yeah. The only history I could find that wasn't about making the actual first Ouija board game, let's call it a board game, just to make things simple, was an automatic writing method used in China around 1100 AD. It's referenced in historical documents of the Song Dynasty. The method was known as Fuji, or planchette writing. It was a means of necromancy and communication with the spirit world that was eventually forbidden under the Qing dynasty. Okay. All right, so now we're going to jump way ahead to the 19th century in America, and we were all obsessed with spiritualism. And And witches. No, this is not like Salem. Oh. And the belief that the dead are able to communicate with the living. So this was a huge, like, fascination of this time. Spiritualism had been around for years in Europe and hit America hard in 1848 with the prominence of the Fox Sisters of upstate New York. They claimed to receive messages from spirits 
who use the method of knocking on walls to answer questions. Contacting spirits through seance became a very popular social activity. Interesting. Yes. An interesting fact, Mary Todd Lincoln held seances in the White House after her 11-year-old son died of scarlet fever in 1862 in attempts to contact him. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to do a brief side tangent and go into seances, but once I started reading about them, they really deserve <laughs> their own episode, so we're going to circle back to that at some point, and I will deep dive into seances. We'll call Dan. <laughs> and he can chat with you. Right. Okay. So back to Ouija boards. Spiritualism gained popularity during the Civil War as people were desperate to connect with loved ones who went away to war and never came back. As spiritualism grew, people wanted a faster way to communicate with the dead. So up until now, they were using this method that I mentioned about knocking on walls. Mm-hmm. So basically what they would do is they would ask the spirit world a question and then they would go through the alphabet. And if they heard a knock, they knew that was the letter and then they'd start the alphabet over. So it was a very long time consuming process process to get an answer from the spirit world. It was the Kennard novelty company that came up with the Ouija board in 1886. The name Ouija has an interesting story behind it. Contrary to popular belief, Ouija is not a combination of the French yes, which is we, and the German ja, it is based on one of the inventor's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, who was a strong medium, who supplied the now instantly recognizable handle. That is a quote from the Smithsonian. (laughs) Sitting around the table, they asked the board what they should call it, and the name Ouija came through. When they asked what that meant, the board replied, good luck. So Interesting. Spooky, right? But Peters, Helen Peters, who was the medium, acknowledged that she was wearing a locket bearing the picture of a woman named Ouija. So maybe the spirit that picked the name just liked the woman in the locket. There you go. I don't know. Anyway, they named it the Ouija board. I mean, solid branding. You do know what it is. Yes. In 1891, the Ouija board was patented. The creator of the game, Charles Kennard, Elijah Bond, and Colonel Washington Bowie had to prove that it worked to get the patent. The chief patent officer demanded a demonstration. If the board could accurately spell out his name, which supposedly was unknown to the inventors, he'd allow the patent application to proceed. So they all sat down to communicate with the spirits, and the planchette spelled out the patent officer's name. Whether or not it was mystical spirits or the fact that Bond, as a patent attorney, may have just known the man's name, we'll never know. But on February 10th, 1891, a white-faced, and this is another quote, a white-faced and visibly shaken patent officer awarded the patent. Wow. So even though the patent was allowed to proceed because the game worked, we still don't have an explanation of how the game works. It just is mysterious it's spirit it's the whole concept so yeah the mysteriousness of the game made it very popular it has remained popular for over 120 years wow yeah ouija boards saw a surge in popularity in the 1910s and 1920s and in may 1920 norman rockwell depicted a man and woman playing with the ouija board on the cover 
of the Saturday Evening Post. Norman Rockwell. So wow. He has a, I'll, if I think of it, I'll try and put it on our social media. But it's a, it's a cool picture. I looked it up. During the Great Depression, the Fold Company opened new factories to meet the demand. And over a five-month period in 1944, a single New York department store sold 50,000 Ouija boards. Wow. I guess I just didn't realize that this would be so widespread. So I will say in reading this, and I'll go over when this kind of changes, but at first, these are not considered spooky. This is just like a fun game that we're playing and everything is very innocent and lighthearted. We're talking to our loved ones. We're talking to our loved ones. This is not spooky yet. So So are you going to tell me like commercialism changed this because rude? Well, we'll get to what changed it because there is a really defining moment that changes it. But first, let's go over some funny historical claims that were made using a Ouija board. Okay. 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 In 1967, the year after Parker Brothers bought the rights to the game, they sold 2 million boards outselling Monopoly. Wow. Yes. In 1920, 1920, National Wire Services reported that would-be crime solvers were turning to their Ouija boards for clues in the mysterious murder of a New York City gambler, Joseph Burton Elwell much to the frustration of the police. So people are trying to, in 1920, solve crimes with Ouija boards. I like it. Yeah. This is my kind of Ouija board facts. In 1921, the New York Times reported that a Chicago woman was being sent to a psychiatric hospital because she was trying to explain to doctors that she wasn't suffering from mania, but that Ouija spirits had told her to leave, and this one's kind of maybe earmuffs, leave her mother's dead body in the living room for 15 days before burying her in the backyard. Oh, God. Yeah. That took a turn. I take back my previous fun facts comment. I think that's the worst one, though. In 1930, newspaper readers were thrilled to the accounts of two women in Buffalo, New York, who'd... Oh, no. I'm sorry. This one's bad, too. Maybe earmuffs for this one, too. Oh, Lord. Murdered another woman, supposedly, <gasps> supposedly on the encouragement of Ouija board messages. So I know I don't think this is coming off as wholesome as you think it is. <laughs> I know. I know this sounds horrible. You're like, let me tell you some fun little facts about how we talk to our family. Totally contradicting the point I just made, but these are these are outliers for how typical people are viewing Ouija boards. Okay. Dan, if you're available for the seance episode and you're listening to this, you're hired. In 1941, <laughs> a 23-year-old gas station attendant from New Jersey told the New York Times that he joined the army because the Ouija board told him to. Okay, that's more lighthearted. This yeah. is where I thought they were all going, and you've misled me. The, the next follow ones, they're all lighthearted. Okay. Those, there's two outliers. Okay. okay. In 1958, a Connecticut court decided not to honor the Ouija board will of Miss Helen Dow Peck, who left only $1,000 to two former servants, and an insane at the time, right? 152000 to Mr. John Gale Forbes who is a lucky but bodiless spirit who contacted her through the Ouija board. So she's leaving the majority of her inheritance to a spirit she talked to on her Ouija board. This is like people leaving their inheritances to the princes that email them. Yeah, or to their cat. Or their cat. Oh, what a power move. I know. In 1916, Miss Pearl Curran made headlines when she began writing poems and stories that she claimed were dictated via Ouija board, by the spirit of a 17th century Englishwoman called Patience Worth. Hmm. 
The following year, Curran's friend Emily Grant Hutchings claimed that her book, Jap Heron, was communicated via Ouija board by the late Samuel Clemens, better known as Mark Twain. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so here's where Ouija boards are going to take a big turn. In 1973, The Exorcist came out and terrified people in theaters. The supposedly based-on-a-true-story business and the implication that a 12-year-old Reagan was possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board changed how people saw them. So the movie The Exorcist is what changed Ouija board's reputation. So I was not far off. It's just marketing and commercialism was like, hey... We're going to ruin this for you. Honestly, they weren't doing super great before. Yeah, but for the most part, before the film depictions of the Ouija board, Ouija boards were, like I said, jokey and silly. I mean, I read you some people who were taking them seriously, but most people were not taking them seriously. But the exorcist changed that, changing the Ouija board to a tool of the devil almost overnight. Wow. It is still a very popular tool of horror writers and movie makers. Yeah, isn't there a literal horror movie called Ouija? Yes, that is in my notes. Highly recommend. And I'm surprised I didn't mention them in my horror movie episode. Big miss on you my part. You knew this was coming. I, I guess so. I had a premonition. I was going to say, did you get that message? The Ouija board told me to save it for this episode. <laughs> so the following year after The Exorcist came out, saw Ouija board denounced by religious groups and became known as Satan's preferred method of communication. Wow. Ouija boards even started scaring the paranormal community. However, Hasbro, after acquiring Parker Brothers in 1991, still sold hundreds of thousands of them. I was going to say, if I was Hasbro, I'd be so mad, but clearly they were like, meh. People still buying a lot of them, so. And I'm surprised that I don't own one. I don't support it. I don't think you need one. I think you've come this far that we don't need that. But I want to buy, like, a bougie one, like a nice, like, craftsman-made one. Not For like- what? For Why? For Halloween decoration. For like a, like a coffee table book? You're just yeah. going to have a coffee table Ouija board? Just a coffee table Ouija board. Do you want to talk to somebody? Talk to somebody. It's fine. No, I'm not going to come to your house ever again. Okay. Well, here in my notes is where I mentioned there's two great horror movies that came out <laughs> in 2014 and 2016. They are Ouija and Ouija Origin of Evil. I like both of them. Probably Origin of Evil even better, which is funny. For It well, is the second movie, but it's the prequel to the first one. Sure. Yeah. All right, Amy, let's talk about how Ouija boards actually work. They work based on a principle known to those studying the mind as the idometer effect, if I'm saying that correct. I-D-E-O-M-E-T-E-R. Idometer. Okay. In 1852, physician and psychologist William Benjamin Carpenter published a report for the Royal Institution of Great Britain examining these automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will or volition of the individual. So they're automatic muscle movements that you don't have to think about. Wow. And with Ouija boards, you've got to add in the whole social context that's at play. It's usually a group of people and everyone has a slight influence on the planchette. With the Ouija board, not only does the individual give up some conscious control to participate, so people are thinking, it can't be me. But also, in a group, no one person can take credit for the planchette's movements, making it seem like the answers must be coming from an otherworldly source. 
In most situations, there is an expectation or suggestion that the board is somehow mystical or magical. And once the idea has been implanted, there's a readiness for people to like fulfill that. It's like the stiff as a feather float as a board thing. Stiff as a feather, light as a board. Thank you. You can all lift no. an individual with two fingers. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh, yes. Yeah. We got there eventually. All right. Let's talk about some really cool experiments that have been done with Ouija boards. Dr. Ron Resnick and Dr. Sidney Fells use Ouija boards to test unconscious knowledge. They got this idea after hosting a Halloween party where several of their foreign students who hadn't heard of a Ouija board before, they explained it to them, let them play, and just kind of watched what happened. So the initial experiment included a person playing a Ouija board with a robot, but the person thought that there was another human in another room controlling the robot. Okay. So it's that, oh, I'm not the one moving it. Yes, exactly. The same thing. So the participants were asked a series of yes or no fact-based questions. For example, is Buenos Aires the capital of Brazil? Something that you might know but might not know that you know. And they got really surprising findings. So when participants were asked verbally to make their best guess answers, they were right about 50% of the time for the set of questions. Hmm. But when they answered using the Ouija board, when they believed the answers were coming from someplace else, they answered correctly upwards of 65% of the time. Wow. So 15% better when they thought somebody else was answering. So the implication of this experiment is that one's non-conscious thoughts are a lot smarter than they realize they are. Yes. I believe this because, you know, when you have a thought and you're like, I'll remember that, but then you can't bring it back. But then you're like falling asleep or you're in the shower and you're like, oh, there it is. Because you're not trying to find it. It's just floating around in there. It's bubbling back up. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure I could have explained that better. I know exactly what you meant though. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So they did another experiment. But this time, rather than a robot, because they were having issues with the robot, the participant actually played with another real human at the table. And at some point, the participant is blindfolded, and then the other player would take their hands off the planchette without the participant knowing. So they still have that belief that, oh, they're not the ones moving it, even though they're the only ones touching the planchette. How would they know where the letters are? Maybe they're just using the yes and the no. They're probably not oh, spelling okay. out because they the questions are only yes, no questions. So they're just yes and no. Even doing the experiment this way, they got the same results. Wow. People did significantly better when they thought that the answers were coming from somewhere else. And they even had some participants comment that the other person kept moving the planchette, even though they're the only one touching it. That's so funny. So it's just... Really interesting experiments, and all these studies are actually published, and you can find them in the 2012 issue of Conscious and Cognition. So This is like Science Alley and Horror Movie Alley having a field day. We're just just having so much fun together. They're just so in sync. Yes. Ouija boards, obviously they're still making them. You can still find them. There's a ton of Ouija board themed merchandise out there, especially right now, this time of year, because of Halloween. Hasbro even makes a Stranger Things themed Ouija board. So Mm -hmm. if you're a Stranger Things watcher, the letters look like the alphabet with the Christmas lights from the original Stranger Things first season. There are some beautiful woodworkers who have made some beautiful boards, which someday I hope to own one, a beautiful one. But 
Amy, before we wrap up this episode, we should go over the most important thing about Ouija boards, the rules. There are rules. There are rules. So I've pulled these from a couple different sources, but in general, these are the kind of agreed upon rules for when playing a Ouija board. Okay. First, you never play alone. Or the exorcist happens. Yeah, obviously. Two. If you get rid of your Ouija board, you must dispose of it properly or it'll come back and haunt you. Many people try and burn the board. Not recommended. A Ouija board is said to scream if you burn it. And there's a common belief that if you hear it scream, you only have 36 hours left to live. Oh my God. So the proper way to dispose of your Ouija board is to break it into seven pieces. Because we know that's the holy number. Sprinkle it with holy water and then bury it. So I have no commentary. If for, for this. some reason you need to dispose of your board, that's the appropriate method. All right, number three. You should try not to use your Ouija board at your home, but never, ever, ever, ever in a graveyard. Oh God Almighty. Okay. Number four. Never leave the planchette on the board. The planchette is a window through the veil to the other side, and leaving the planchette on the board allows things to come through. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. (laughs) Similarly, be wary of the planchette counting down from A to Z or zero to nine, because if it counts down in sequence, that's another way to open the door and for spirits to cross the veil. So if it starts moving through the letters or numbers in sequence, stop it. Time to be done. I hate this. I hate this in my core. Number five. Why didn't we start here and then build up to the funny, silly things? I'm going to need you to reorganize these in the future. Sorry. Sorry. I'll be more thoughtful about my order. I'm going to have to watch a palate cleanser now before I go to bed. Fair. Number five, never ask when you're going to die. Ugh. Ugh. You know, I'm not even going to make the comment that I was going to make on that one. No, we're good. I'm good. Keep going. (laughs) Number six, (laughs) do not use it. If you are ill or in a debilitated condition, because it makes you more success, it makes you more success, susceptible. It makes, it makes you more. Thank you. Success. I no. Susceptible. susceptible. I can't. Um, you're more likely to be possessed. Oh God. So don't. Goodness gracious! Great balls of fire. Number seven, and most importantly, maybe <laughs> none of these other ones were most important. Always say goodbye and close the session when you're done. And you need to put the board away in its box or whatever its storage unit is to properly end the session, close all doors, make sure nothing can come through. I hate this. It's also recommended. I was having a fine time when we were talking (laughs) to Science Alley and the robot. That was fun. We've taken a drastic turn. Okay. Also recommended... (laughs) To cleanse your space before using to discourage contact with evil spirits. You can do this by saging your space or spraying your space with some salt water. (sighs) Not not all spirits are bad spirits, Amy. That's fine. But let's just be safe. Sure. Mm -hmm. All right, Amy. protection. That's all I have. Do with that what you will. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your own for this one. I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to say thanks for letting me talk at you. Amy regrets every second of this. She's not thankful for letting me talk at her. I'm not. Just end this this end the episode. 
and cue more spooky music. <laughs> Actually, I'd like you to sing the spooky music. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you have any comments, corrections, or interesting Ouija stories, no. you can email us at the 24 hour expert at gmail.com. Not that 24 hour, it's just 24 hour expert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our Instagram, Facebook, and website. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 